1: Connecting to the big show.
2: In
3: three, two, one. You know what I mean? It just doesn't compute, you know?
4: The law is the law. Peter, this is in our hands. I mean, it really is.
3: People were there. We will continue to raise our voices.
1: We're the one for cork and ready to talk. Can we
3: just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp
1: 83 396
3: Email opinion at 96fm.ie.
1: The lines are live. Let's
3: kickstart the conversation.
1: This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
5: On
3: Cork's 96fm.
5: Bit of traffic just in on the text... Car broken down on the main Mallow-Mitchellstown Road between Ballygown School and Anakista Church. Dangerous spot. Car broken down on a bend. So be careful if that is where you're headed this morning. Good morning, 1850 715 996. Coming up a little bit later on, if you've been double vaccinated and you're past your uh, resting time, so after after you get your second dose of vaccine then you have a certain amount of time you need to wait before you can consider yourself fully vaccinated but if you can consider yourself fully vaccinated what happens then if you get a call to say uh, you are a close contact at work what are you supposed to do because we've had an email from a listener who is confused because her cousin has been told she needs to isolate although the cousin is fully vaccinated, so there's some confusion out there, and we've been asked to see can we can we settle it for people, and we'll do that and plenty more uh, throughout the morning. Uh, also, we got some explanation for what happened down at Parky Equiv yesterday. There was Pillamaroo and Ruleaboola down there yesterday. Uh, people were ringing us from Ballon Temple saying there was traffic jams and the whole lot. Uh, th- there was a massive number of people went in for vaccinations yesterday, but they hadn't all had text messages and they hadn't all had confirmation. But it got sorted. It got sorted, and we've had a few messages as well, asking us to say thank you and well done and how well and professionally organised it is down at Parky Creeve and indeed at the city hall. All of that to come. But a story that we have been following on this program since. I would say since before the last general election and well before the last general election is the school's story in Carrigtool where there's a dire shortage of school places for young people in East Cork. Carrigtool being the hub of it but of course they'd be coming from all across East Cork to attend. We had problems about what was being designed uh, the building tenders, the whole lot. Now we have a major development. Fianna Fáil TD, James O'Connor, joins me. James, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Tender has been approved.
6: So where does that bring us now? So this is the very significant news that so many people were waiting for for an awful long time. And it's, uh, I suppose, the bone of contention that caused many, many delays. So what this means now is that we're, we are really moving quite quickly towards construction beginning. Um, the department have told us that they want to get construction underway as soon as possible, potentially this year, and, and, and expect this towards the end of quarter four. So I'm very, very hopeful uh, that we'll potentially see construction on this school starting uh, this year. That's my personal desire to see that happen. Mm. Uh, but we just have to stop and acknowledge that this is very, very positive news for the parents, students, and uh, and the school community at Caratool Community College, and also... Uh, for the people of Carritule and, and across East Cork, because there's a lot of students coming from, from a wide geographical area to attend uh, the mm. Carritule Community School and the two 24 classroom schools that are going to accompany this at a primary level.
5: One would point out, though, James, it has been an unacceptably long time in
6: coming. It really has. Um, you know, I, I didn't hold back uh, with, with the Department of Education on this. I think it was completely unacceptable. That there was repeated the uh, inaccurate timelines that were given to the people uh, of Carey Toovey. Uh, this is something that caused enormous hurt. It caused a lot of frustration in the community, and it's through the hard work of the of the local uh, groups in the in the village, particularly the parents' association, the board of management, and the school's principal, who have all worked very closely with all uh, public representatives that have shown interest here mm. to try and get this pushed along. I can say, my own my from my own perspective. Uh, you know, we've had multiple meetings now with the Minister for Education, directly with civil servants in our department, in terms of myself and my colleague, Deputy Stanton, who we're in government with at the moment in Cork East. And look, we're, we're all very, very appreciative now that we've come to this stage where the tender has finally been released years after it needed to be. So uh, just should be built, as a matter of fact. Yeah, two, it, two, it, two things. So what are, what
5: will be built? Remind us again, what will be built now?
6: So this will be the largest ever uh, educational project consisting of secondary and a primary joint development. There'll be two state-of-the-art new primary schools with three SEN for special education and need units built in each. There's also going to be a a 1,000-pupil school constructed to replace the existing Caratool Community College, which is obviously uh, much smaller than that, but it's in a very unsuitable location as has often been described here by uh, parents who have joined your show. They're currently based in an industrial estate and mm-hmm. many of the students are in temporary accommodation as well. So what's going to happen is that they're going to be, be in a brand new state-of-the-art building. Uh, it's expected to be about, uh, I think, a 24-month build, so what the department has described. So hopefully yeah. that, that can be built within, within a two-year time frame which would be excellent. And my understanding is is that the secondary will, will get the priority first right. in terms of the construction to nope. make sure we can get it open as quickly as possible.
5: Terminology and language is very important. A tender approved, and I know I'm breaking this down into very much layman's English, James. Does that mean now that
6: a builder has signed a contract to build this thing? No, but what it does mean is that it has gone to tendering for the. For when, when, when departments say tender approved, it means it's gone to the tendering Stage, so that it allows builders to actually apply for that tender. So how long that is that process, stage then? That process usually is concluded within months, definitely within six months. So generally speaking, that's what actually happens. So and six my, months my would be,
5: this is June, six months would be the end of the year. So realistically, I, there's no chance of construction before the spring of 22 at the earliest.
6: Potentially, potentially there is, depending if that process is concluded. So it, 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 it's hard, it's hard to, to give a firm commitment on that, but what I can say is that from our understanding, from the information we've received from the Department of Education, and I sincerely hope this time it is correct, uh, that we can see this happen within a, a very short time frame. That needs to happen. I think everybody here at N'Holls uh, needs to see this happen Cause, as Because well.
5: you know yourself, James, and, and look, fair play, this has moved on an awful lot under your watch, and, and you're, you're, in, you're entitled to take credit for that. Um, but... The people have had hiccup after hiccup after hiccup, and I think until such time as they see fellas in overalls with trowels
6: and bricks, they're going to be nervous that it won't happen. And you know what, PJ? I'm the exact same. I want to see that happen. I think for myself uh, and for everybody involved here, and and in terms of anyone taking credit, my credit is going to the community down there who have worked so, so hard, every Oktis office in Cork East and Indies and other constituencies were inundated with messages from parents. Uh, so I think that the Parents Association there and the Board of Management mm. and the school's principal really do need to be thanked here and I want to do that. Great. And just one last quick question it. with regards yeah. to
5: the tender. You know a tender document when it goes out, and I'm not in that line of work, so I've never seen one, but does a tender document when it's awarded, does that contain a commitment to a start date?
6: Generally, when a tender document is accepted, you could actually see work start within weeks. So that's a, that's a quite a rapid process generally that that the building can start quite imminently It's basically when the builder can go in and commence works. But what we do have with school bills and when it comes to timelines is that when construction starts generally, there is agreement struck around the time frame at which the buildings can be put in place. Obviously, we have had issues in Cork East and I don't wish to name call any school. But some of the schools have experienced delays in terms of the opening of new facilities. Mm -hmm. And there are kind of contractual obligations there to ensure that these things happen. And Mm -hmm. Peter, just to say it's important to to say it as well, we also got fantastic news yesterday in relation to the Patrician Academy in Mallow. Unfortunately, there was huge damage done to that school in a fire in 2016, which burned down roughly half the school. And that school also moved to tender phase yesterday. So that's fantastic news for the people of Allo. So yeah, yeah. we're we're all delighted with, with this news and we're all very hopeful now okay. that we can look forward to construction beginning. Of so would you month. say,
5: look, this is June 21 um, and obviously September 22 is a key date. Will they have a school by September 22 or are we looking at September 23 before pupils can put on their school uniform, grab their bag and go in the front door?
6: I'd be sincerely hopeful towards the end of 23 that we could potentially see the school, you know, being either completed or almost completed. But the secondary school is definitely the first part of this project, which is once again to summarize this project is the single largest investment ever for Cork in terms of primary and secondary in terms of the joint developments. You know, there's going to be roughly 3,000 children are going to be in brand new facilities in the carre Hill area once all of these works have been completed. Okay. And it's just important to, to, to once again stress that we also need to see massive, massive investments in Middleton, uh, in particular for an additional new secondary school, uh, I hope without uh, a religious, religious patronage as well, because there is a demand for that in the Middleton area. Mm. We also need to see St. Mary's High School in Middleton relocate to a new Greenfield site, uh, Saint Aloysius College in Car- in, uh, in in Carrigtuohl yeah. uh, was also uh, uh, see a huge extension being put onto the school there's in order a... to increase the current uh, uh, current capacity for secondary school places in the Cork area. It's going to uh, it's, it's going to dissipate in terms of the current situation around school capacity.
5: There's a lot of work to be done yet, but at least we've had one hurdle jumped. Thanks very much. That's uh, Deputy James O'Connor of Finnofal. Uh, for Cork East So and just on the phone I just wanted to get to that point Because you pick up the newspaper And it says Tender Approved You listen to the TDs It says Tender Approved I'm delighted Tender Approved Big move, move forward But we don't yet have a builder And we won't have a builder For a while yet A couple of months So yeah fine The department says Right go ahead and build it And here's the t- tender document Here's the tender So now get a builder Now, Have you tried to get a builder lately To do anything in your house And I know that's a very small comparison But we have not got a builder yet And we have not got a start date yet But at least we've got a tender out there
7: Can we just talk
5: the
1: opinion line on Cork's 96FM.
3: With dairy made premium spread, 100% natural and made in Cork using West Cork cream.
1: The Cork Diary. On
3: Cork's 96FM. The Cork Diary is a free service. So if you're a community group, a not-for-profit organization, or you have a fundraising event you want mentioned, let us know and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email your details to Cork Diary at 96FM.ie The
1: Cork Diary.
3: With the new Explore Cork app. A Cork County Council initiative. The perfect way to plan your staycation in Cork.
1: On Cork's 96FM.
5: Lorraine O'Connell, we've spoken to many times over the last months and indeed years, is the spokesperson for the school pressure group in East Cork. It's a development, Lorraine, but not quite there yet. Good morning.
8: Good morning, PJ. Thanks a million. Um, It is. Look, we're not cracking open the champagne down here yet. It's another step Um, I suppose, uh, close to the final whistle, really. Um, But it is just another step. And I suppose the confusion, you you just see that when it was announced on social media last night, a lot of people just thought that we were nearly there. But there is a process with the e-tender. So basically, the e-tender is published and that invites then builders to sort of pitch for the job effectively. Now, I think James alluded to a six-month time frame for that, but we certainly won't be sitting on our laurels down here, leaving that for six months, we would be anticipating that to be much shorter, PJ. Um, and the other thing I suppose... You There's a the time is
5: tied up in law, isn't there, Lorraine? There
8: is. Now, initially, I suppose, the guideline, I think, is about three months. Now, there was suggestion that that would be, that was going to be changed and looked at, to reduce that to eight weeks. So I think that question was asked of James yesterday and I think maybe David Stanton as well. So I think we are, we're waiting on confirmation of that today. So I think James might be just, you know, the six-month time frame might be just covering himself a little bit, but we would be pushing to have breaking ground in quarter four of this year, certainly because mm, the
5: breaking ground and the important bit, like we said, the, the the guy with the pick and shovel and the trowel and the pile of bricks and 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 the, and the trucks rocking up, rocking up, some people won't be happy. They won't sleep easy in their bed until they see
8: that happening. Absolutely, and I suppose historically, our confidence level in anything that we're told down here, I suppose, subject to all the disappointments we've had over a number of years, especially in the most recent years, you know, we will never be. We won't, I suppose, be happy until we do see breaking ground and see somebody down there with a pick-and-shovel, PJ, absolutely. And mm. um, The other thing that people alluded to, and I suppose today, I want to just acknowledge that the parents here in Carrick Tool, and I'm talking not talking about us in recent years. I mean, I'm very recently involved, and I basically just do the come on with you because everybody else is afraid of you, PJ. So I, I come <laughs> on and do the talk. And, um, the work that goes on here in the background and has gone on for 15 years and I have to acknowledge the parents that have gone through this, pro- you know, gone through all of this before, knocked on doors, you know, took names, took numbers, uh, whose children now will never get an opportunity. So I have to acknowledge those parents yeah. historically yeah. as well as the parents at the moment, you know.
5: Speaking of parents and pupils, like they're facing into another September and possibly two more Septembers, at least with no certainty of where they're going to go. So that problem isn't solved.
8: It's not solved. And, you know, unfortunately, PJ, it's not going to be solved with this construction either. I mean, you can see the planning. There's thousands of houses being planned down here for Water Rock for East Cork with no facilities. So the chances are, while James alluded to this as the biggest school campus, absolutely. But the chances are by the time this is actually built, it's going to be at capacity. Now, there's certainly another group down here in East Cork that are at the beginning of their journey. And let's hope that they don't have the same 15 years of hardship that that we've had down here in Carraghtool, you know. Mm.
5: Isn't it an awful thing in 2021 that when a a community identifies a need like this and it's acknowledged by their public representatives that it takes that long?
8: It's it's incredible. It's actually incredible. Particularly when we
5: have money, like money isn't a problem. We have money for building schools.
8: Yeah, the money is there. It's the paperwork. It's the red tape. It's, and to be honest, PJ, like, it's the parents. The parents went to Leinster House two years ago. The parents pushed for meetings. We've gone through. I couldn't even count up how many ministers for education that the parents here in Tool have gone through. I shocks tea shucks, everything. You know, we've gone through it all. We've gone through them all. They move on, but we're still left here in limbo with children in, in temporary accommodation here in Carrigtool. And it's not acceptable. Census are done. Back a number of years ago, East Cork was identified as the fastest growing area in Europe. And still nobody did anything about it. They didn't have the foresight to look at mm. the population or, or, or gauge the population increase. But it was as plain as the nose on your face, PJ, and they can't see it. It's very frustrating.
5: Yeah, I spoke to someone on just that happened to meet socially. Remember when we could do that uh, back, <laughs> back in 2019? I, I, I had been talking about this particular issue on the show. And the person made a point to me. He said, my son is studying medicine. He's in third year studying medicine. He was in short pants going to primary school when we knew we needed this.
8: Oh, absolutely. I, a number of years ago, it could have been 2015, we had an open meeting in the community hall and a lady stood up and her son was in his second year of college. Now, this is 2015 and at that point he was in his second year of college and she said when he was in first class it had been identified. Now, that's how many years is that? It's incredible that we are at this stage, PJ, in 2021. We're still no further along, really, because the confidence level here for us, while it's great news, yes, the e-tender has been published. Now we have to wait again. Um, it's, it's, It's unacceptable. These things can be changed. It can be run off very quickly. Everything is done online at the moment. It should be a matter of course, really, that this could be done. The e-tender could be done in, in mm. six to eight weeks. There's no reason why it shouldn't.
5: Are you suggesting, uh, Lorraine, because that's what I hear in your voice, that you want to hear before before September comes, you want to hear who's coming to build?
8: Absolutely. And we'll be pushing for that. And we won't stop pushing here, PJ. I suppose historically we haven't been known to sit back in our laurels here. We've, we had our May Day march a couple of years ago. This won't stop. The pressure on James, the pressure on Sean Sherlock, on David Stanton. We'll keep it up. While we're very appreciative of all the minister's questions and everything that they've done in the background, we won't stop until we have breaking ground. We're no going right. to keep pushing because things can can be changed. if, If, I suppose, if the appetite is there to do it, it
5: can be done. Okay. Lorraine, thank you very much. Lorraine O'Connell. Uh, she's the spokesperson for the school pressure group down in East Cork. I'm laughing at There's enough that the other parents are afraid of me. Dear Lord. <laughs> Am I that bad, really? <laughs> no, but there is move. There is look. There's news. And let's be positive where we can be positive because we are talking about this for a long time. And pre-Christmas and early this year, we'd no move on a tender. You can't get a builder without a tender. So now there's a tender gone out. And now we got to get a builder. And they're hoping that they'll know who that builder is before the kids start back to school in September. 1850 715
7: 996. Can we just
5: talk? The opinion
1: line on Cork's 96 FM.
3: With Dairy Made Premium Spread, 100% natural and made in Cork using West Cork Cream. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Simon Murdoch and the best music mix.
3: Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96 FM. Your afternoon soundtrack in Cork. I've got you covered. It's Dua Lipa.
7: Hi, this is Tiesto. You're listening to The weekend. I'm
3: Miley Cyrus. Always bringing you those latest online trends, anything that's happening in Cork. Amazing giveaways. Thanks a million. Thank you. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Guys. Thanks so much. And loads more to help you through the afternoon. Oh,
9: seconds, <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm actually shocked. My hair's going 90 years. <laughs>
1: Show you what it's all about. Send it out. Simon Murdoch, midday to 4 p.m. on Corks
5: 96 FM. You will remember. I won't say you might because you will. Uh, 2019, August 2019, a tragic tragic story emerging and I was here on air the morning it emerged from a place called Cabo Roy in Spain where a young toddler had drowned in the swimming pool. His name was Avery Green, and you'll remember that story very, very well. His mum has now joined forces with Water Safety Ireland uh, to ma- launch a safety campaign to prevent the kind of tragedy or help to prevent the kind of tragedy that took her beautiful little boy's life in Spain just under 2 years ago now. Uh, Leanne Maverley is a friend of the family and Leanne I think you were in Cabaroy with them at the time this awful tragedy happened. Good morning.
9: Good morning
10: PJ how are you? Um yeah PJ you know we, we every summer we go to Cabaroy um with our kids and you know our kids have grown up together over there over the last couple of years. Um, and on, on the 12th of twelfth of August the tragedy struck. Um devastation, just, you know, you rewind 24 hours before that and we're all in the pool having fun and laughter and the next morning it's just complete and utter devastation and grief. Um,
5: Remind us what happened.
10: Um, Avery just wandered off and wandered into the pool um, and neighbours of Amanda um, found him and um, by the time she got to the pool they were they were working on him, they were doing CPR. Um. I I got there shortly afterwards, um and uh I just sat with Amanda. We sat there I couldn't tell you, PJ if it was five minutes or five hours. And um, we sat at the side of the pool just watching what was going on. Um and then we had the, the task of getting to Alicante Hospital which is approximately an hour and a half away and in August traffic in in Cabroig on the, the main n three three two if anybody knows that. Oh,
5: I do. it's a very road. busy
10: road. It is extremely busy, you know. So we're driving and, you know, and we're trying to, we're in contact with people that are in the hospital and, you know, we're saying what's going on. And, you know, if the traffic was just, if I could have picked up the car on the day and just got there within minutes, you know, he was taken, Avery was taken off in a helicopter um, at the time but they had no room for Amanda to go in the helicopter and the ambulances at arrived at the urbanisation um, they didn't they weren't going back to Alicante Hospital they were going back to the local hospitals around mm. Um <clears throat> so we, we got in the car and we left and when we got to the hospital it was just you know we had to sit there for a while and, and wait to, to, for Amanda to be called in and, and find out what was happening Yeah, and as
5: you were going up the road Leanne had you hope at that stage
10: yeah absolutely yeah absolutely yeah yeah, we conversations. You know, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You know, things are going to work out. It's going to be fine. You know, and it's not like you see in the movies, PJ, where you're you're somebody's working on, on on a little boy and the water comes out of his mouth. You know, everything's fine. It's just everything stands still. Yeah. You know, you're you're sitting there, you're standing there, and it's just come on, just just do something, just just you know, lift your hand, do something. And it was just absolutely devastating for the whole family, for extended family back in Cork. And there was phone calls that morning back and forth trying to figure out what, what was going on, how they were going to get over. Because um, when I got know, the
5: address, I realised myself, I've only walked past there on a stroll maybe yeah. two weeks previously.
10: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very popular, like, very yeah, popular place.
5: Yeah, yeah. Um, Deva- the devastation of it. and. It- you you never recover from it. So I think yourself and and Leanne or and, and um, Amanda. When did the connection come? Now with with the Irish water safety people.
10: Um, a couple of months after um, Avery had passed, we were we were talking. You know, I t- I'm nearly sure there was two other kids in Ireland that had drowned. I know there was definitely one. I'm, maybe I'm wrong now, but there was um, another two drownings at least in in Ireland. Um, after Avery passed and we were sitting there and we were saying what can we do what can we do and we were coming up with all these ideas and you know we were, we were going to go one man band at the time by ourselves and kind of do it ourselves and I had connections myself and water safety area, and from many moons ago I did my, my own life saving training with them here in Cork Um, and I had the privilege then Martin O'Sullivan um, taught me in my Irish Water Safety, he's the chairperson of Irish Water Safety Ireland and he also taught me in St Peter's and Passage school so I contacted him and I said look I'm sure you're aware of the story of Avery James Green and of course everyone nationally had heard about Avery and the tragic story Um, and he said absolutely we'd be 100% on board so He put us in contact then with um, Roger Sweeney, who was absolutely, PJ, fantastic with us. You know, there was many Zoom calls. There was many phone calls. There was meetups and when we could before COVID. Um, And we we put together a plan, okay, of what we wanted. And we wanted to target three to five-year-olds in preschools. You know, there's no other program out there for three to five-year-olds with water safety. Mm -hmm. Um, So early childhood Ireland got involved as well um and they were telling us what would work to get the kids attention, you know, to make it fun. There's a storyboards, they're really, really colourful and there is the arrow pointing as well. Um and there's different scenarios in a beach, in a pool, you know, at home, a bath. You know, water is everywhere. We live in an island. You're you're surrounded by water. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what we wanted was, you know, to grab the attention of the kids and, and make it make it fun. You know, they can still have fun yeah. when they're near water. But, but is, is the
5: lesson of it, Leanne, that you try to teach a little three or four-year-old, or five-year-old, never go near water unless you're holding yeah. an adult's hand?
10: Exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. So play around in the water, but hold an adult's hand. Um so we worked closely over the last year and a half with um, Water Safety Ireland and Early Childhood Ireland. Um, and we we got this, the, the programme, you know, up and running over the last week. It was, it, we were up in Dublin last week, launching it with Minister O'Gorman and Minister Humphreys. Um, but I must say, PJ, it was a mix of emotions for us, like, and anyone involved. Achievement and sadness at the same time all rolled into one. Yeah. You know, and what we want, PJ, is for parents for guardians for grandparents anybody that has kids out near water go on to the website www.holdhands.ie, look at it you know kids are coming home at the moment from preschools i know myself i've had a chat with a couple of parents and they said they've they've contacted me and they said my child came home today and was telling me about hold hands that is absolutely fantastic brilliant it Brilliant. is fantastic. You know, I've gotten messages from people up the country um, that have said my pack came in the door for the crash I work in. I can't wait to get this started. It's just mm-hmm. coming into the summer that, you know, people are going to be at the beach. People are going to be around water. What we want is for people to just take notice, be vigilant and hold
2: hands.
5: You know, there's a real simple one, Leanne, and you're talking about beaches and... rivers and lakes and wherever we go and we might be on holidays or wherever we might be but you know, and I just happened to remark it last week I was going home on the bus and of course when you're on the bus it gives you the opportunity to look into people's gardens but Mm -hmm. nosy bugger doesn't and we had some lovely weather as you know and there were paddling pools set up and I was just thinking to myself because I was reading about the campaign I was thinking, the most dangerous body of water can be in your own back
10: garden Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And that's a message as well, like with paddling pools. Empty the paddling pools when you're finished. Don't leave them lying around outside with water in them. You know, once you're finished with your kids and you've been there with your kids, take the water out of them. You don't know. You don't know if they're going to sneak out the back and get into the paddling pools.
5: Even if you have to spend four hours filling it again tomorrow.
10: Exactly. Empty it. You know, it would be worth this. you know, to not have the devastation and the grief that Amanda and her family have gone through from the 12th of August,
5: 2019. You mentioned yourself having trained as a, as a lifesaver. Yeah. Just before I let you go, Leanne, you must have yourself felt so utterly helpless to help your friend and her beautiful boy that morning.
10: How did uh, that feel? It, PJ, just, you know, I watched a light go out in Amanda that morning, sitting there, I, could, I holding her. Like, I, I held her my arms across her back and I just held her and she kept on saying, Leanne, just make him wake up. And I was like, they're doing everything, they're doing everything, you know. And it, it was just like the whole, the spark went out of Amanda that day. And this is what we want, PJ. This is the message we want to get across is, you know, for anybody that has a connection with a child that has gone through this, be it a family member, parent, grandparent, aunt, uncle, cousin, brother, sister, You just don't want to see anybody go through that again. It lives with me now for the rest of my life, and I'm so proud of Amanda and myself for actually getting this program up and started. And, you know, it's going to be continuous. It's not going to be that it's there now. There's more to come with it um, Mm. down the line. We still have so many ideas that we want to put in and put out there as well, but we have to go one step at a time. Okay. But I just remind people, PJ, to the website www.holdhands.ie dot just get on, have a look at it and you know, just talk to your kids about it. You know, they're coming home from preschool at the moment and they're they're doing it. The last two weeks of their their they're finished next week. You know, they're they're doing this program already. You know, the kids are talking about us. So get the parents involved as well and get them out there and get them talking about hold hands near water.
5: And drain that paddling pool.
10: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Leanne,
5: please convey uh, my own personal thoughts to Amanda.
10: I will of course PJ and PJ just before I go I just want to thank everybody, the support we've gotten there in the last week um, due to the campaign, you know Irish water safety were amazing, early childhood they're, they're, they're all still amazing, the messages we've received from around the world um, from people has just blown us away um, and, and they're telling us their stories as well and it's just, it's just been amazing
5: Okay, good to talk with you Leanne, thank you very much, that's Leanne Maverley. she was there that morning, the 12th of August, 2019, there with her friend by the pool, watching the paramedics do their wonderful work, work that unfortunately fell to no avail. Uh, you don't... You cannot put your head around how that must feel. Eighteen fifty-seven one five nine nine six. The website, holdhands.ie, holdhands.ie. If you take two things only from this conversation we've just had... Never leave a paddling pool with water in it. Drain it. The one, There's paddling pools in back gardens all over the city and county in the hope of some more sunny weather in the weeks to come. Drain that paddling pool every night. To hell with the water. To hell with the... What, use the fresh water. Just drain that paddling pool every single day. And teach the youngsters, teach the kiddies, never go near water unless you're holding an adult's hand.
7: Can we just talk?
5: The
1: opinion line on Corks 96FM.
3: With Dairy Made Premium Spread, 100 percent natural and made in Cork using West Cork Cream.
1: Corks 96 FM's free speaker frenzy is happening here. Uh,
3: uh. Play Quark's 96FM. I never felt this good. We've got
1: loads of cool new smart speakers to give away every day.
3: Join Casey and Ross in the morning and stay with us all day long for your chance to win.
1: Win. Oh my God. Listen for the cue to text or WhatsApp. If we call you back, repeat the phrase.
3: Play quartz 96FM.
1: To win a smart speaker. You want it? I never felt this
3: good.
1: Corks 96FM's free speaker frenzy.
3: With Blackpool fully opened up, it's great to be back. See blackpool.ie. Hello? Hello?
1: Stay listening to win and remember to say.
3: Play Corks 96FM. It's
5: just 37 days now to the start of the Olympics in Tokyo, in Japan. Last week, we were talking to Chair from the Business Association in Y'all about how excited they are. About Efa Cook. Efa is a marathon runner from Cork who is heading off to Sapporo in Japan to take part in the uh, women's marathon, which is one of the last events of the Olympics of 2021, which of course should have been the Olympics of 2020. We were talking about it last week with Ger and we said we would catch up with Efa when we had an opportunity to do that. And I did just that last evening. Eva joining us from Utah, where you're presently based, I think, on a training stop before Japan. Why Utah, Aoife?
11: Uh, so I chose Utah uh, for, for a few reasons. So my coach actually has connections over here. So we have a, a place to stay um, for the duration of being over here, which is great. And, and I'll have a few people that I can train with. Um, so the other reasons then would be that it's at high altitude, so it's up at 7,000 feet, um, which is, is good to, um, help my strength, uh, aerobically, help my endurance mm. a lot more. And then, uh, the temperatures, uh, will be a lot closer to what I will be running in over in Japan as well.
5: Will you be running at altitude in Japan?
11: No, I won't be running at altitude in Japan. That'll be down at sea level, but, uh, there's a lot of benefits to be gotten from training at altitude.
5: I suppose talk about that physically for a second like obviously you're training at altitude the oxygen's thinner what that makes you work harder for the oxygen that's in the air is that it?
11: it does yeah so when I'm up higher you know the first week is always quite tough um, just to get used to uh, running with less oxygen but over that week um, your your lungs kind of develop so you you get those adaptations to um, you know to to be able to handle the less oxygen so your your lungs kind of get stronger you develop um, more sort of red blood cells um, to to help the oxygen uh, travel around the body a lot more quickly so so the idea is to is to train at that for a number of weeks you do, you develop these adaptations and then when you when you go down um to race um at sea level you know it, it should help you run faster
5: That's you. That's, it's fun. look the human body is endlessly fascinating to, to us all the sheer joy of getting to an olympic games through that wonderful uh, run you did back in april but the sheer joy for an athlete Aoife, of getting to the Olympic Games. What does that mean? Put it into simple words.
11: You know, it's, it's, it's huge. It's huge, really. You know, I mean, I, I suppose for an athlete, it's the, it's the top, you know, it, it's the pinnacle of the sport, really. So to make it to the Olympics just, just shows that you are, you know, you're, you're up there and you're able to, to compete among um, the best in the world. So... Um,
5: like how many people are going to be in this marathon?
11: Um, I believe there's about eighty. There right. should be about eighty competing in the marathon. So um, you know, it, it's it's a tough thing to uh, to do. So you know, it, it, it was a huge goal, a huge undertaking to to train, to, to get to that level where I could run the qualifying time. Mm. Um, it's been a long time coming. You know, for for most people, it's um, it's a lifetime sort of a goal. Yeah. So it's uh, you know, it's hard to put exactly into words how much it means. But it's um, it's it's a massive achievement yeah. and. Uh, you know just absolutely delighted
5: before you set foot in japan you are an olympian no matter what happens on that day
11: absolutely yeah so i can always i can always say that now
5: mm-hmm. tell me a bit about yourself for listeners who, who wouldn't know you're very much associated with y'all in east cork but you're a melancholy girl are you?
11: I am um, yeah so I, I grew up in um so up until I was about 16 and then my family moved out to Yall um, so yeah I mean I would associate myself with both places really I suppose I trained at Ballincollig Athletic Club growing up um, and then I did join the, the Yall Athletic Club sort of later on um, I, I'm now kind of based in Tower outside Blarney so I, I run with Eagle AC now mm. so um, I'd have affiliations with, with all of the areas that I've been involved with, I suppose. Hmm.
5: There'll be a lot of people watching. What What time is the race? Do are we, are we going to have to stay up late for this?
11: You will, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, for me. It'll be seven a.m. on the seventh of August. Um, but over in Ireland, that will be the sixth of August at eleven thirty p.m. That's not <laughs> too bad.
5: We can live with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you leave, when do you leave Utah, and then? How big is your entourage? Like, is it you and a coach, and how many more?
11: Uh, yeah, so it's just me and my coach, just the two of us. Uh, no, I actually, it's it's unsure yet that my coach will actually be able to travel, so it may just be me traveling over to over to Japan from here. Um, so I I got to Utah last week, and I'm here for eight weeks altogether. I'll be traveling straight. From here over to Japan, so I won't be coming back to Ireland at all before the Olympics. Mm. Um, So I'll travel over to Japan a week before my race, so um, that'll be about the 31st of July.
5: It's a strange Olympics. It's Olympics that should have been held last year. And still, there's a cloud over it, even though the Japanese are fairly adamant that it will go ahead and I'm sure that people like yourself will hope that it does. Like you're vaccinated now aren't you Eve?
11: I am vaccinated now and um, you know the, there was um, you know Pfizer has uh, donated vaccines to to all of the athletes that that will be going over to the Olympics so you know every athlete going to the Olympics has you know the option to be vaccinated.
5: Would there be testing? Will there be ongoing monitoring? What's the story there?
11: There will, yeah. No, I, I think it'll be quite strict over there. Uh, we will need to get a negative COVID test before travelling, which is, you know, fairly expected, I suppose. That's that's kind of the, the deal when you're travelling anywhere at the moment. Um, but, yeah, once we get there... Um, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure, but there has been talks of, you know, having an antigen test every day just to make sure. Mm. And, um, you know, we, we will be quite restricted in, in what, what we can do and where we where we can go once we get over there.
5: You'll be, I was reading in one of the newspapers, you, you'll be very confined, in fact, to, to your section of the Olympic Village.
11: We will, yeah. Now, for me, I'll be traveling straight up to Sapporo where the marathon will be. So I won't be in Tokyo at all. Hmm. Um, so the, the endurance events are all up in Sapporo. So I think it's a hotel that we'll be staying in. And mm-hmm. we're, we are restricted to staying in that hotel apart from when we go out to train.
5: How is the training going? Like that run in April was brilliant. You Not only did you qualify, but you knocked, was it, four minutes off your personal best? Like that that's good form.
11: Yeah. Yeah. So it was a big improvement. So I was, I was thrilled, you know, um, I suppose I did, um, the, the previous time I did was in Dublin in 2019 where I did 2.32 so um, you know obviously that whole following year in 2020 was a bit of a write off mm. due, to, due to COVID so I just spent that time just, just put my head down and trained really mm. and um, I did have you know obviously that goal in my mind to, to get the Olympic qualifying time so um, managed to get that uh, fortunately in April mm. um, so yeah I took um, I took about a week off after that race just to record cover and recuperate and then I I kind of got back into the training after that again Mm. so I'm back into the swing of full training now and it's going pretty well
5: what is what is the typical day like
11: um so at the moment I I I usually run twice a day so I'll get up in the morning um I do my first run at about seven in the morning um and then I'll come home have have some breakfast how long is Um, that run like usually eight miles per for my easy days. Um, And then um, in the evening, I'll do a six mile run. Now there's two days in the week where I do much longer runs. So on a Wednesday, I'll do a session. So on the track probably, and that would kind of add up to maybe 16 to 18 miles. And then at the weekend, I'll do my my long sort of marathon effort run, um, which will be anywhere between 20 and 24 miles. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of running. There is. You put, uh,
5: you're, you're, put, you're putting the miles in. Finally, and as you said, you'll probably end up in Japan on your own. Which, I guess, that's not how you'd like it. You'd love you'd love family and friends there if they could be there.
11: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, um, I suppose we all know it's it's going to be a very different Olympics this year. But it's still it's still the Olympics. And I think every athlete out there, you know, you you hear like, you know, there's a lot of um athletes trying to qualify now at the moment, and you know, it, it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make it any any less um significant to any of the athletes to to get the qualifying time at the moment. Um I think we all know it's going to be completely different. Um obviously we'd all love our all her whole families to be over there. My family would love to be over there um, you know but um, you know given the circumstances we have to take what we can get at the moment and and hopefully the next one <laughs> we'll all be back to normal
5: well we we'll get this one done first Saju, and uh, here's to the best the very best of Irish luck in Sapporo Aoife and the best of Cork luck
11: uh, brilliant thanks very much
1: the lines are live and we're ready to talk can we just talk Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. 96 96.
3: Email opinion at 96fm.ie.
1: The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
3: On Cork's 96FM. I can't say anything.
5: I want to. Well, I can, but i She just got a very, very interesting telephone call during the news. About the... Outdoor drinking and dining. I'm going to look into it. I'm going to look, I promise I'm going to look into it, but the guy who rang me kind of knows his stuff. It's interesting. It's, in, very, it's funny, actually. A lot of people won't be happy about it, but we're going to see what we can find out. Oh, I love it. The email coming there, Terry. Keep an eye. 1850 half the town now going what is, is, he, sir? What is it after? I, I tell you, if I can tell you, I promise if I can tell you, I'll tell you 1850-715-996 but some of this stuff has to be sniffed out behind the scenes we've had young Adam King on the show more than once he was with us on our Christmas Eve show and he was with us another time and we've talked more than once as well to his dad David and we said that that young lad was destined for the stars. That's what he wants to do anyway is travel to the stars as a as an astronaut or a Capcom or be involved in the space race. He's at least well, seven. But now he is going to be a television star in his own right with his own television show. Dad, David, joins me. And we're also joined by Andrew Cavanaugh from Cavalier Productions. But I'll go to you first, David. His star, as it were, continues to rise. Good morning.
9: Good morning, PJ. How are you?
5: Great, all together. What's this about?
9: Well, uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's an amazing collaboration that we're just, we're, just, we're just so delighted to be able to tell the world about it now. Um, uh, a project that we've been working on with a fantastic team, um, in Cavalier, and it's it's a, a new animated series that is going to feature Adam as the the, uh, the protagonist, and uh, it's it's breaking ground and it's breaking glass ceilings in so many ways. And I think uh, Fiona and I have just been reflecting a lot over the last twenty four hours when we, when we see it, uh, people hear about it, and the the magnitude of what it is. Like effectively, it's it's a, an adventure cartoon about Adam and his adventures in space, but, but also it's it's the the first. Irish, cart- Irish uh, cartoon that's going to feature the
4: hero uh, as a wheelchair user. Wow. So it's quite incredible.
5: Wow. Let's bring in Andrew Kavanagh from Cavalier
4: Productions. Andrew, good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Great. Where did the idea come from? Well, I mean, like everybody else, I was watching the toy show, with my two boys, um, on uh, the 29th November and, uh, you know, wept many times but uh, saved the special special uh, floodgates for Adam and uh he just stayed with me like he did with so many other people and my job is to come up with uh, cartoon ideas and uh, my mommy keeps asking me when i'm getting a real job but 48 now so, so does mine come come you're all right <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah no just it wouldn't go wouldn't go away and i know that's obviously you know just stayed in my head the whole time and um as these things usually happen like it started to kind of construct itself as a cartoon in my brain over the christmas and we uh, said the 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 King family, who are, I'm delighted to say, engaged with us then in January, and we've been working on it ever since. So the concept is what it'll just be an adventure show, and he has he voiced it and has well and all that. Yeah, well, we're only in development at the moment, but uh, we did we did a little bit of voice recording. We've got a big pitch coming up in September, and um, we might have one before then, but we'll be pitching uh, to everybody. Um, from Netflix to, you know, the, the local broadcasters. We'll get an opportunity Hang on. To, you're you're going to go to Netflix to with this? Oh, we'll wow. go to everybody with us. We wow. We'll go to everybody. I, I think, you know, PJ, there is a huge... Uh, there's an appetite out there for more representation on screen at the moment. And I, that, that means everything from, you know, from ethnic representation to representation of different abilities. And I have been overwhelmed in the last 24 hours with the amount of positive messages. People have just reached out to me saying, thank you for for doing this. Um, We need to see this. People who are using wheelchairs, people with different um, additional needs are just, there is massive appetite. Because, I mean, one in 10 people in this country are living, uh, young people are living with additional needs. And that trigger rises sharply. But I don't think there's a family in the country. Who doesn't have a relative, a sibling, a child, um, or you know, or, or live with, it, with additional needs themselves? This is this is much needed.
2: Mm.
5: Yeah, there's there's a saying. I think it was Tara Shine, uh, the environmental campaigner, who who brought it up up me first around the time of International mm-hmm. Women's Day. If you can see it, you can be it, and this is yeah. this is exactly that.
4: That's that's it, and that's the Gina Davis Institute in the, in the United States. That's their their strap line and um, you know it's been exemplified by, by a number of shows like you know and I'll give a shout out to our friends Brown Bag here who did a show called Doc McStuffins and the, the research they did prior to that was that you know when they asked uh, primary school children in the US what they wanted to be before that cartoon came out when they grew up the number one was Princess and after Doc McStuffins was released number one was Doctor was, was Rivest doctor so that's the type of impact that uh, children seeing themselves uh, on screen. And a girl, you know, breaking down gender boundaries. We did that with can do, Uh back in 2017, which went to the Nickelodeon, 140 countries in the world. Mm. And we had a little girl from Opaly, and I'll give her a shout out, Aisha. Uh, how are you, Aisha, this morning? Um, and she, she broke down uh, boundaries. She was an, uh, 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 um, a little girl with um, ethnicity from Pakistan and Carlo. Uh, and she um, she basically was... The, that, that was the first character on, on Irish TV that had that mixed ethnicity. And she, she went all over the world with her, wow. with her lovely Irish accent. was on everywhere from Zaire to Azerbaijan.
5: Fantastic. David, back back to you. And I guess we you and I have spoken many times about, about Adam uh, over the years and spoken to himself as well. Had you the slightest idea when you sat into the car last November... To drive to Dublin with the little virtual hug poster clutched in his hot little hand—had you any idea where this was going to go?
9: Not, not a bit. I mean, not a bit. Now, look, I mean, I, I mean, since Adam was born, I mean, we, we, we know how special a uh, young person he is and how amazing he's been, and. Uh, I suppose the world is seeing that now and they are seeing Adam just as he is, you know. This is the way he's always been for his whole life and it's amazing. But look, no, I mean, how, I mean, how could you? How yeah. could you in your wildest dreams, imagine it? But, but I do just want to pick up on something that Andrew said there. Hi, Andrew, by the way. Good morning. Good morning, David. How are you? Good, <laughs> thanks. Um, and like that idea of representation is different. I mean, that, that's been something that's been something that's been really important to my wife Fiona and I since the day Adam was born is this you know that we wanted to see him Growing up, seeing himself belonging to the world that he's growing up in, yeah. that he isn't secondary to it, that he's a part of this world, and not only that he's a part of it, that he's a change agent in this world, and that he is he, a leader in the world. We want that. I mean, like, what, what parent doesn't want that for any of their children, regardless of ability and so on? But, but so, so, see, so, seeing yourself growing up in the stories. Uh, seeing people like you growing up uh, in the stories that you're watching and, and seeing and hearing and reading and all that is really, really important. So representation is incredibly important to us. So I think from from the moment we spoke with Andrew and Cavalier, well, we just knew straight away like the value, our values here are definitely, definitely aligned. I mean, you know, we loved everything that they were about and they loved everything that we were about. So mm-hmm. um, it was a perfect match. And I, I just think in terms of like... W- it's it's beyond our wildest dreams in terms of in terms of in terms of where we thought things that's were going. Just
2: amazing. and I, and
9: and and I think most importantly as well, Adam is absolutely delighted. Yeah, just, how mean,
2: is he, he? He loves
9: it. He's, he's in great form. Thanks, he's in really great form. I mean, I, I'm actually standing. Down he had a little, little setback
5: there a couple of months ago, didn't he?
9: He did. He broke his leg, and and I look like that's you know it's part of Adam's condition. PJ, you know, like, yeah. I mean fractures and breaks, and anyone in the OI community will know. And um, that fracture and break that are just part for the course of Adam. I think this is his this fracture now since he's been born. And, you know, he's had a number of surgeries and things like that. And, and that's just, that's part of his condition, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, um, But he's in great form, thanks. He's in really good Good, form. But I'm actually standing in the garden here where where I broke the news to him and the kids about the cartoon and showed him the initial sketches and the initial drawings and, you know, um, if it would be something he'd be interested in, you know, because obviously we ask him, you know, is it something he'd like to pursue? And, like, I, I, I can't even explain the reaction. Um, like he, he totally freaked out he absolutely loved us, you know so, there's I mean, two
5: big eyes I was not even jumped out of his head did they
9: oh uh, he was absolutely delighted sure, I, sure what I mean what kid wouldn't be delighted that you're, you're going to have your own cartoon and things Fantastic. like that you know and, uh, listen, uh, it's,
5: it's awesome it's, it's a little fairy tale uh, it is and it's growing right here in front of our very eyes David uh, give him give him a high five for me won't you
9: I will, of course, be all right. That. And, and
5: so. Andrew, Andrew, we look forward to hearing more. Andrew Kavanagh from uh, Cavalier Productions, the new, the new show, the new animated show featuring young Adam King. Um, be you could be exactly who you want to be, and there is our young man, that lovely young kid, uh, demonstrating that this could go like this could go global. This they're going to pitch it to anybody who'll watch it. Like this could go to Netflix. This could go to Amazon. This could go to Disney Plus. This could go anywhere. Brilliant. Brilliant. 1850
7: Can we just talk?
5: The Opinion Line on
1: Cork's 96FM.
3: With dairy-made premium spread, 100% natural, and made in Cork using West Cork Cream. Cork's 96FM.
5: I posted last night on my Facebook a video that I took two years ago last night down at the marquee where Toto... ...played the marquee in June of twenty nineteen, one of the best gigs I was ever at in my entire life... ...I was at it with with the young lad... ...and it was just incredible... ...I posted up a little two and a half minute video... ...that I took of Africa... ...when they played it that night... ...and I was thinking like, God almighty... ...every fibre of my being aches... ...for nights like that again... ...God knows we'll have them soon enough... ...but in the absence of great nights like that... ...and great days... Uh, Cork's ninety six FM can do a little bit to help. Our exclusive online station is back. The Back Garden Festival streaming now. The biggest hits from your favourite festival stars. It's brought to you by Harvey Norman and JBL, your specialist in sound. This summer, you can listen on the app or go to ninety six fmie dot ie and enjoy the tunes. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Looking for something to do this weekend? I've talked before about boat trips that have taken on the holidays in various parts of Spain. And one in particular is in the harbour of Mahon, which is in the island of Menorca. And it's significant because after Cork Harbour, Mahon is the next biggest. And they've done an incredible job there with harbour cruises and pleasure trips Explaining the whole history of what's around you. And it's, it's a do not miss if you're in that part of the world. And I've often said how wonderful it would be to have just that here in our fantastic harbour, which is just dripping in history. Karen Cottrell is with the Cape Clear Ferry Company, and they're starting one this weekend. Karen, good morning to you.
12: Good morning, PJ.
5: This how is are a you? fantastic development. I'm so happy to see it. How's it come about?
12: Um, we're delighted that you agree with us, to be fair. Um, so how it came about, we um, were up there in 2019 for the King and Queen, um, with our fast ferry. And we we were there, and fast looking down the harbour, and could not believe that Cork Harbour did not have a tour boat, like you said, like every other big city in the world. So we set to work during lockdown, and we redid our calling oar. So we put on upper deck seating. So now people will have 360 views of that fantastic view of Cork Harbour. Yeah. Um, so we came with a plan and obviously now we're going to operate out of the Cork City, Port Cork Marina and Crosshaven at the weekend. Brilliant. And we'll offer um, various tours. You know, there's a two-hour morning tour there for people out of Cork City or those who want to come into the city and, and they have the fantastic dining facilities there now. They can have lunch and maybe pop on and have a one hour cruise afterwards.
5: It's so a wonderful idea. To do it. It's a wonder and what what it's the it's the the, the your, what's the capacity of it?
12: So we have a capacity of one hundred. Now obviously during COVID times we won't be taking one hundred. Yeah. But we'll still have room for young and old. It'll suit every age group. There'll be no age restrictions. So it's perfect. Even on the rainy day we have the large windows inside, so you can see out. So you'll have the sunny day and the rainy day.
5: What, will there be a commentary?
12: There'll be full commentary on board for everything. And we're just putting the final plans in place there. So we'll be hoping to operate then. A one hour of a har- har- harbour cruise out of Crosshaven. But we'll also um looking to, in July, of operating a Crosshaven to Spike Island route.
5: Oh, brilliant. I'm going to give yeah. you a- another idea. and yes, uh, come on. You know, seeing as you're in the mood for them at the moment. Yeah. What about... And now this is one for next year, assuming this this will be a massive success. What about a sunrise cruise?
12: Yes, well, that's on the card that's there. Is it's it? It's a book on a website, yes.
5: Because Cork yeah. Harbour yes. enjoys one of the best sunrises in the world.
12: We have evening tours from Cork City and from Crosshaven.
2: Brilliant. Yes,
12: that's there. And we're available for private charter and um, those parties and stuff that have been missed, you know. Um, we do here down in West Cork, a lot of our clientele are Cork so I'm sure they're all going to be delighted to come back and, um, and join in Cork City. Fantastic.
5: How can people find out more and can they book already?
12: They can book online, yeah. The website is corkharbourcruises.com. They can give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and the booking system is up and running.
5: Absolutely. This is brilliant. Yeah. Fantastic, Karen. Yeah. Delighted with it. I'll be seeing you all very, very soon. That's great. Karen Cottrell from Cape Clear Ferries, Cork Harbour Cruises.com. I can't wait for that. 1850
7: Can we just talk? The
5: opinion Line on Corks 96FM.
3: With Dairy Made Premium Spread, 100% Natural and Made in Cork using West Cork Cream.
1: Access All Areas on Corks 96FM. Your
3: guide to nightlife on
1: Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Corks Entertainment. On Ether and Air is the final part of John Bleck's Catharsis Project, a four-album
2: exploration
1: into the themes of the sea, the earth, the embers and the air. You can hear songs from it played live this Saturday Night as Triskel Christchurch hosts the Cork songwriter for a live performance beginning at 8pm access all areas in 2020 Triscoll and the National String Quartet Foundation celebrated the 250th anniversary of the birth of Beethoven in a year long series they featured the Vanborough, Ficino and 2020 Quartets and the concerts are available on demand this week until June 27th from their website access all areas feel free to let us know at access all areas if you have a rescheduled show coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us at aaa at 96fm.ie access all all areas
3: your
5: guide to nightlife on the side. On Quarks 96 FM. A couple of things held over because we've been busy so far this morning. Hi PJ, can you raise the question of vaccinations for the over 60s? It's a bit of a joke. The politicians seem to just kick the can down the road. People in their 30s will be vaccinated before older people who are more vulnerable. The government's a complete joke. The vaccine rollout is better in most parts of Europe than it is here. Thanks, a worried 68-year-old. Well, worried 68-year-old, I think we can help a little bit with that because definitely there's a gap between the first dose and the second dose in the AstraZeneca rollout, a huge gap of 12 weeks. And that's... An awful lot of the people in the 60s, in their 60s, got one dose of AstraZeneca, and they're still waiting for their second one. Now, the HSE has confirmed that there's around 450,000 of those people, and they're waiting for a second dose, and they will get it over the next five weeks. And they've put into operation this week an updated advice from NIAC, National Immunisation Advisory Committee, so the dose interval is being reduced from 12 To eight weeks. That's initially down from 16 to 12. And it hopes to have all second doses now completed by the week starting the 19th of July. All right, the week starting the 19th. So everybody who's waiting on a second dose of AstraZeneca should have it. by the 19th of July, according to the HSE's latest update there. John Buckley was also on to say, please, PJ, can you convey a massive thank you to all those involved in the administration of the vaccines at Parky Cueve. From the point of entry to the exit, the professionalism is exceptional, to say the least. All staff I've come in contact with are courteous, friendly and extremely helpful. They've made a huge difference to people's lives from a very grateful recipient. Then we have this in, A person would rather not give their name, and that's fine. A relative of mine went for a COVID test with their child the other day and got one text back saying the result was negative, but there was no detail as to who the result belonged to. They rang the helpline to be told that the text went out in error and the results were still pending. They've since contacted their own GP, who was able to state the child was negative, but the parent is still pending. My concern here is how many more people have been sent a text claiming a negative result and not knowing that the text they received was possibly sent in error. And then they might have had that individual.
3: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach
0: waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work.
4: Flushcare.com slash weight loss.
5: You're going around there about their day. Not good enough at this stage. <sighs> yeah. You'd like to think it's few and far between, but when you get a message like that, it is worrying. Certainly worrying. But look, for the most part, and we should keep coming back to this because you get accused when you work in this whole job of being constantly knocking everything. And that's the last thing we want to do because the vaccination campaign is going very well. Could it be a bit faster? Yes, it could. Has it been a bit... Were there stutters and stumbles and farts and burps along the Of course there were. But right now, it's going at a good pace, and, and we should always acknowledge that. And I would reckon that mistakes like that are infrequent. You'd at least hope, wouldn't you? 185715996. Something completely different, uh, a little bit of, as they say, poisonal news. That's the thing on social media. It's a bit of poison and lose. I know, I'm not going anywhere. Don't worry. Don't worry. You're all right. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, that for some people would be bad news, I know. But no, and uh, next Sunday, the Great One is taking a break. He very rarely does. And he has asked me to sit in. And I uh, would we'll be honoured and privileged, as always, to sit in for the Great One. I speak, of course, of Derry O'Callaghan. I will be presenting Oldies and Irish on 96FM next Sunday, the 20th of June. So if you want a request for anybody next Sunday, and of course it'll be Father's Day, uh, pop me an email. I have my own email address here. I don't give it out too often, Um, but I do give you this one. PJ at 96FM.ie. PJ at 96FM.ie. If there's anyone special you want me to mention next Sunday on the Oldies and Irish, I'll be banging out them funky tunes from 10 to 2. Just got a call from Burr on the subject of uh vaccines and the second dose and the first dose and all of that. Burr, you're on the opinion line. Good morning.
13: Hi, PJ. Good morning. How are you?
5: I'm great, thank you. What would you like to say?
13: Um, my point is is that right, it's good that they have moved the uh, over sixties the the space down from twelve to eight. Hmm. But what they're neglecting to say is that it will take you 28 days before you have total immunity. Mm. So it's technically, it's still 12 weeks.
5: Yeah, there's a list actually on the HSE website of the Times. And you're, it's a bit confusing because after your second Pfizer you're considered, seven days after, you're considered to have reached your maximum level of immunity, 14 yes. days after your second Moderna, yes. 14 days after your Johnson & Johnson, or Janssen, yes. and then they say 28 days after your first AstraZeneca. That's confusing.
13: It is very confusing, because it would lead you to believe that it's actually 28 days after your second. Yeah, yeah. You know,
5: um, Do you know someone in that situation?
13: Uh, I'm actually in over 60, I'm only just in over the over 60s, but I actually, um, I had a phone bill last month because I was on to consultants, the only person I didn't go to was the Minister for Health, <laughs> because I felt, I'm not medically trained, mm. but I felt from day one that AstraZeneca was the wrong vaccine for the over 60s because of their vulnerability. Yes. So they should have given them a vaccine that would have been a shorter
2: yeah. span
13: yeah. to give him total immunity because the way I feel now is that NIAC have left the over-60s wide open to the Delta variant.
5: It's, it's worrying all right for them.
13: It is very, very worrying if you're a person over 60. It could come to the situation where over-60s will have to cocoon again.
5: Yeah, I never thought of that. Now, I can't... That's
13: the way I, you know, that's where I'm coming from. Fergal
5: will put his finger on this for me in in a minute and, and, uh, and put it up on screen. I know he will. I know that both Pfizer and Moderna say that there should be four weeks between the first and second doses. That's the manufacturer's... Mm-hmm. advice. Uh, I know Johnson and Johnson's just the one jab. I'm not too sure what the manufacturer says about AstraZeneca. I'm sure Fergal will, will have that for me in a split mm-hmm. second. But you you believe that that leaving people exposed and not having a second dose, like even if they do it by the 19th of July, if there's a 28-day bedding in period, a lot of people exactly. won't, won't be fully exactly. immune till the middle of August.
13: Exactly, that's my point. And God only knows where Delta would be in, in between your, vaccina- your second vaccination
5: and when you have total immunity Yeah, and um, we, we've also heard from Sam McConkey and uh, Luke O'Neill and, and others uh, both of them have said it on this when Luke O'Neill wrote about it in the independence, Sam McConnell, uh, Sam McConkey said it on this programme that it is mm-hmm. now time to look seriously at giving people a second dose, giving them Pfizer because we can get it to them faster uh, who are waiting with their second
13: dose Yes, I agree wholeheartedly with them because obviously I read Luke O'Neill um, on the independence. Mm. Um, I would agree that you know they need to um, close close that gap. Mm. You know, because well, now, um, I feel the over sixties are totally exposed.
5: Well, now here is something at, interesting. At this bear. Stage. I told you Fergal would be able to put his uh, his hands on this information, the AstraZeneca manufacturer's recommendation. Is 12 to 16 weeks Days That's weeks Oh yeah That's, that's the manufacturer's recommended range mm-hmm.
2: uh,
5: Because they say that after your first dose 28 days after your first dose You should have a As they say robust level of immunity But I suppose that came out And I'm only speaking as a layman here That came out before this Delta Was
2: on the scene Yes
13: But my thing is Is that and over 60s, immunity system would be that bit lower. Um, yeah. I come from a family of seven. Okay. Right There are three of us uh, over 60. Okay. And the other four will be totally vaccinated before we even get... There's three of them already totally vaccinated. One with Janssen and two with Pfizer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Um,
5: when, did, when did you get your the first... The
13: other one? guy has their... Um, The two with Pfizer um, got their second dose Saturday just gone. Right. Right. And um, my brother, he lives in Donegal, he got uh, Janssen.
5: Right.
13: So he was totally vaccinated two weeks ago. Right. Because obviously he only got the one.
5: And when did you get your first one, Bear?
13: Uh, I got my first one on the 7th of May.
5: Right. So you'd be due, if they brought it down to eight weeks you'd be due your second one around the 7th of July.
13: Exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah.
13: But my point is that you still have this longer um, wasting time for it to bed in and to give you uh, a higher immunity...
5: Yeah, Fergal has just given me more information here uh, this is from the NHS and the UK government uh, because bearing in mind AstraZeneca is a British developed vaccine anyway so, so that's where most of the information comes from and the latest they're saying is that uh, the UK government has actually looked to Ireland and said that it's still worth it because of the risk rate of Delta, the lower levels if you break the numbers down uh, even with one dose of the AstraZeneca that you had on the 7th of May you are more resistant to the Delta strain than someone who has not had any vaccine at all you are more resistant, your chances of actually ending up seriously ill or worse um, is are, are much much reduced even with the level of vaccination that you have now and And to be fair the science is there in, in wads to be, to, to to, to um, confirm that, you know?
13: Yes, but the over, a lot of the over-60s, like myself, have an underlying issue. I mean, I have a blood a blood clotting issue. Okay. And I spent two long weeks after that first vaccination checking for signs of, of clotting. I mean, I only ever got one clot. And I'm lucky to be talking to you here. They tell me I shouldn't have survived, but here I am.
5: This was This was obviously... <laughs> A while
13: ago? Uh, Oh, this is a while ago. Um, I have a a blood disorder called factor V Leiden, which increases my clotting from the normal 50 50. Mine is up in the high 60s. I see. So, therefore, with the AstraZeneca, my chance of clotting. So, I had to depend on a blood thinner that I take on a daily basis.
5: So, you were worried yourself about getting the AstraZeneca after the.
13: I was terrified. Yeah, you're more... even before I got the, the AstraZeneca vaccine, I tried everything to try and get a different vaccine. If it came to a PGA I would have paid for any one of the other vaccines rather no. than the AstraZeneca.
5: I know, I know. And that's that's but, fair enough. You're you're entirely if you have that kind of a, a background, you're you're well and truly entitled to be worried, you know?
13: Yes. But down in Parkekiev at the end of the day, I was the person that made the choice to take the AstraZeneca yeah. and I was the only medically unqualified person that I was talking to. There was actually two nurses and two medics that I had a big discussion with and they had no idea firstly what I was talking about. Because this obviously blood disorder is not a very common thing. Mm-hmm. It's a genetic. Mm-hmm. Um, other members of the family have it as well. So, um, I'm actually terrified, though, again, of getting the second vaccine.
5: Yeah. I think that probably because is bothering you a little bit more, do you? Pardon? Is that bothering you a little bit more, your worry about that?
13: No, I'm not, actually. I am going to take the, the second AstraZeneca, AstraZeneca.
2: Yeah, yeah. But my point if is, you, is well, that the you, over if 60 I were
13: actually given no choice, PJ.
5: Berta, if your AstraZeneca,
13: doc- take it or leave it. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. If, you're, if, you're, if your doctor rang you in the morning and said, I have a Pfizer, would you take it?
13: Oh, I'd be gone. <laughs> I'd be up and I'd be gone. I, Moderna, any, any one of the... It's just the clotting issues with the AstraZeneca are a lot higher than all the rest of them. I mean, there's clotting issues with... A few of them. Well, you know, you,
5: when, you're, when you're careful about where you read the information from and careful about where you get it from, and in terms of the clotting, we've spoken an awful lot to Dr. John Campbell, who I strongly recommend you watch on, on YouTube. And John explained how he thinks it happens and he explains how it might be alleviated, but he also is very, very certain. Of the fact that it is exceptionally rare, it's extraordinary. It is
13: exceptionally rare, rare, but the blood clotting condition that I have is also rare.
5: Yes, yes, yes.
13: So when you when you do a risk assessment, we say for me personally because I can't speak about anybody else only myself. Mm -hmm. But if I was doing a risk assessment on me, where AstraZeneca was what all the vaccines were considered, AstraZeneca would be the first one off the table.
5: Yes. Yes, purely because you're you'd be fearful.
13: Purely because, not because of it's the m- amount of protection or whatever. Mm. It's because the amount of deaths and the amount of plotting issues. Yes,
5: yeah, No, no, you're you're de- you're definitely you're, you're you're worried. You took the first one. Does, well, you... I,
13: I'm not worried as such. I'm just after I I'm have come to terms with the fact now that. I got the AstraZeneca, I've escaped with one vaccine and hopefully I'll escape with a second vaccine as well.
5: Well I think now and I'm open, again I'm open to correction on this and and Fergal will, will clap me on the back of the head faster than lightning if I am wrong but I think I read something over the last few days that stated that the vast, vast majority of the problems that did arise with AstraZeneca arose after the first Jab and not the second. Mm-hmm. So you, that, but, that you know, so yeah, I think once you've gotten over the first one, you you have little enough to worry about. Um, uh,
13: well, it's I also have allergies.
5: Okay, I, I should really you're, just you're put myself
13: over. down. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I normally get away with the first one. If I we'd say. If I take a medica- a tablet.
5: Okay.
13: Um, if I feel a tingling or whatever, I don't take a second one.
5: Okay.
13: So normally I get away with the first one. Right. I don't ever get away with the second one. So I'm in that position now again with the AstraZeneca. I got oh. away with the first dose. Mm. What's gonna happen with the second dose? Do
5: you know do you know, Barry, you'll worry yourself into an early grave
13: case. i I'm not worried. I'm not um I have to say the week before I got the AstraZeneca alright. My children called every day because I was just literally freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't going to take it and eventually I took it and I'm, it's fine.
5: Mm. And how did you feel? You, yeah. Did you feel a bit goofy afterwards? Were you a bit were you fluey or whatever?
13: I was absolutely frozen from the time it went in. Yeah, um, It was a Friday. I could not get the heat into me. I had blankets and whatever. And just sore arm, I couldn't lift yeah, my hand.
5: Well, but that just shows you have a, a you good, know, healthy immune normal. system. Well, no, that, that, no, the arm is normal. The sore arm is normal. The, chill, the that, chills yeah. are normal. Uh, that just shows yeah. you've got a good, healthy immune system. So, at least... Oh, I know
13: that. <laughs>
2: um, because
13: oh. I, worked in, I worked in the HSC.
2: Ah, good for Even you. though I'm
13: not medically trained, so I know all the... Good, all
2: right.
13: Um, and being allergic, I always look on all medications for side effects.
5: I know, I know. but our, I know. isn't... Um, it is what it is now, and I guess you'll hopefully be called if they cut it back to eight weeks. You'll hopefully be called in early July for your second dose. And thanks for a good chat on the opinion line. Thank you, Bear eighteen fifty seven one five nine. A lot of people are feeling like that. To be fair, uh, the science is telling us that for the most part you'll be fine, and it's also telling us that there's a good solid level of immunity with just the first AstraZeneca against Delta. Once you mind yourself. Once you take care of yourself, there's a good solid level of immunity with with uh, the first AstraZeneca. The second AstraZeneca gives you something like 92% against Delta, but the first one gives you a fairly solid level of immunity. Now, we have been contacted by someone who is a bit concerned about going back to work. I'm worried, she said, because I'm not sure if my employer will enforce the health guidelines properly. She's never said it out loud that she's thinking of cutting corners but she's often commented on how Ireland has the longest lockdown and how everything is going to be impossible to manage when we're all back on site and she says in the real world nobody is enforcing any distancing but she said I suppose we're going to have to put up with it. How am I to take that? This uh, writer to the opinion and a little concerned about her boss's attitude to getting back into the workplace and whether or not she can trust her boss to enforce the health guidelines properly and I think she probably speaks for a lot of people who might have those concerns Uh, Jan Hart is a HR consultant Jan, good morning Good morning
14: PJ, how are you?
5: Good, the government have said that maybe August, September those who've been working at home uh, may be coming back into the office so I think a lot of people will feel like our our contributor here You know, can they trust their boss to do the right thing by them?
14: Yes And I suppose the first thing I'd say, PJ, is that, you know, this is another change now that we're asking people to go through. Um, You know, so when the pandemic hit, everybody had to go home and adjust to that. And now we're asking people to come back into work. And that's another adjustment. And that will cause a level of worry and anxiety in a lot of people, just the fact that they have to make that change. Um, So it's perfectly normal for people to be feeling this way and having these questions is the first thing I'd say. Um, But outside of that, we do have the return to work safety protocols um, from the government. And there are a number of measures in there that should give employees some assurance. Um, And I suppose there's things to, to watch out for before you ever go back to work because employers should be doing risk assessments for all the various laws and on their premises and doing their deep cleans and all the rest of it. Um, employees should be invited into an induction to return to work where the employer will take you through everything that's different, all the changes they'll walk you through, you know, if you're going to have your temperature taken, if you've got to fill in a COVID form, if there's going to be guards, social distancing, hand washing, you know, all the usual stuff, yes. what kind of PPE. So if that's not happening, I mean, the very first thing that happens is you get a form to fill out, a declaration form before you return to work. And that should happen three days before you return. And as part of that communication, there should be consultation about the changes or at a minimum induction to tell you to walk you through. So if those things aren't happening, that's the first place to ask questions. You know, is there a form I need to fill out? Is, um, is there training that I'm going to get? Mm. And if the answer is no, then that raises concerns. Um, another thing that's in the protocol is every organisation has to appoint at least one um, lead worker representative who's in charge of ensuring that all of these measures are strictly adhered to.
2: Mm-hmm.
14: So you can ask the question, who is the lead representative of
5: mm-hmm. COVID? In other words, and every workplace uh, has to appoint a COVID compliance officer, isn't that right?
14: Yes. That's yeah. It. yeah, and they have to train that person and bring them up to speed on what the requirements are. And, you know, if somebody is worried going back in, they can always volunteer to be this person. Um, they could get the training um, and they could have an influence on what's going on in their own workplace at that point. Um, but look, all in all, if somebody does go back to work and... You know, they're saying that there's no social distancing and there's no hand sanitizer and there's nothing being adhered to. Then I think the first part of call is to go and just talk to your employer. Um, You know, rather than going in all guns blazing, saying you're breaking the protocol and you're breaking the law, and you know that Mm. doesn't tend to work. But to just go in and say, you know, my understanding of the protocol is that I should be seeing, you know, all these things in place, and I don't see them. You know, Mm -hmm. what's happening? What's going on?
5: Yeah, Um, this person also concerned about if if they spot something that they know to be wrong, how do they go about saying it without coming across as being just, you know, awkward?
14: Yes. Well, you can always go to this um, lead representative or the compliance officer because that's going to be a co-worker, generally, um, and have the conversation with them and see if they can get it sorted. If it doesn't get resolved, then you can make a formal health and safety complaint. Um, and that's a very serious matter for somebody to put something like that in writing an issue to an employer. And it has to be taken seriously. The employer, you know, and employers are stressed as well because they're human beings too going through everything. But at the same time, if they do mm. get a complaint or a grievance, you know, legally they have to respond appropriately.
5: Okay. So um, your, your advice briefly, Jan, to this person and where they take it next would be what? Talk to your employer?
14: Talk to your employer first. Find out what's happening. um, Make acquaint yourself with the lead representative. If there isn't one, volunteer for that role to get the training. And make sure you Mm -hmm. put the measures in. I like that
5: idea. I must say.
14: Yeah. Well, it gives you. Who's the, who's the
5: COVID compliance officer when we go back? Oh, you haven't one. Well, I'll do it.
14: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it, actually that's,
5: that's actually a clever idea, Jan. Listen, I will leave it there, and uh, thank you, thank you very much for that. That's Jan Hart, uh, HR consultant. I like that idea. Ask your boss, do you have a COVID compliance officer? Because they have to have, and then say, if they haven't got one, well, well, I'll do it and get trained for it. That's that's actually a clever idea. Before we go towards news, I got this. It kind of ties in. It kind of does. And I'm wondering if anybody else is in this situation. And I I know of it personally. I'm getting on to you, PJ, because I'm confused. My cousin has been told she's a close contact of a case of COVID-19 in her workplace. Her boss has told her she has to stay at home for a week now and get a PCR test before she can go back to work. She'll get paid, that's okay Her employers are very good that way She works for a pretty large company that would be considered an essential provider They've had a great safety record at work with only a few mild cases since the start But PJ, here's the confusing part My cousin is fully vaccinated She got called in by her GP in early May for a spare dose of Pfizer She had dose number 2 on the 31st Why does she have to isolate? Can you check this out for me? I said to her last night on the phone, if anyone can find out the reason, you can. Love the show. That's from Lynn. Now, I have the HSC website advice on that, and it's a bit different. And we'll come back to it after the news.
7: Can we just talk? The
1: Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM.
3: With dairy-made premium spread, 100% natural, and made in Cork using West Cork (laughs) Cream.
5: another round of free speaker frenzy for you between now and quitting time at 12 give it the cue to call a little bit later in the hour for your chance to win a free smart speaker on free speaker frenzy on Cork's 96FM that is coming up I just wanted to harp back to that email that I read out there before the news because maybe I did it a bit quickly Maybe there are other people in this situation And I certainly would like to find out what the problem is If there is a problem It doesn't look from the HSC website As if there is a particular problem I think the situation here might be That they're not long enough after their second dose But that's just me So this is the email we got I'm getting onto you because I'm confused My cousin has been told she's close contact On a case of COVID-19 in her workplace Her boss has told her she has to stay at home now for a week And get a PCR test before she can go back to work She'll get paid and that's okay Her employers are very good that way She works for a large company It'll be considered an essential service provider They've had a good safety record at work Only a few mild cases since the very start of the pandemic But PJ says Lynn, here's the confusing part my cousin is fully vaccinated. She got called in by her GP in early May for a spare dose of Pfizer. She had dose number two on the 31st. Well, that being spare dose, some people get called in a little bit early because the GP has a clinic coming up, say, on Thursday, and they have more doses than they have people to take them. So that's start ringing people to know would they like to come in. That's exactly what happened to me. I got called in a few days early because... There was a few spare doses and my GP was ringing around and I said, yeah, great. Uh, so that's what happened with me. So I, I, I appreciate where Lynn is coming from. But the question she's asking is, why does she have to isolate? Can you check this out for me? I said to her last night on the phone, if anyone can find out the reason you can, well, I, I hope that I justify your faith in me and the team. Uh, certainly if I can't find out, Fergal will have a fair handle on it. Uh, but according to the HSE's website where we're supposed to go for all these things. If you are at close contact and you have received a vaccine, you don't need to restrict your movements or be tested under the following circumstances. If you're more than seven days after your second Pfizer, so if you have your second Pfizer today, then for seven days, which would be next Wednesday, 14 days after your Moderna dose, which would be two weeks, 14 days after your Johnson & Johnson vaccine, or 28 days after your first AstraZeneca. Your first AstraZeneca. Obviously, the gap is, is longer. We were talking about that with Bear just before the news. Now, if Lynn's cousin had her second Pfizer on the 31st of May, this is the what date? 16th of June, She shouldn't need to isolate, according to the HSE website. I'm just wondering what anybody else has come across. Has anybody been sent to be a close contact? Is it still happening that you're being contacted as a close contact lately? Because I haven't heard of anybody around me in recent times but that's the story if you have two doses of vaccine and you are the required number of days since your second dose you shouldn't have to restrict your movements or be tested or anything like that but in in the case of Lynn's cousin that's what she's been told to do now she'll get paid and all that she's fine but raises an interesting question if anyone's come across it you know where we are 1850-715-996 now Leanne Leanna put this up on Facebook and we just want to talk to her about it. Leanna, I know that they've said it to you outside, but just before we uh, continue, just again, just don't identify your name, anybody. That'd be most appreciated. Good morning to you. Hi, how are you? You got caught for rather a lot of money. How did it happen?
15: Yeah, we did. Um, so we applied for a house on a property website, so a very popular one, um, which we trusted. We could we... you maybe
5: get a tiny bit closer to that belt piece for me.
15: Sorry, yeah, can you hear me now?
5: That's a bit better, yeah.
15: Oh yeah, sorry. So uh yeah we just applied for a house on a property website. Um it was a very popular one. Um so we trusted it completely. Um and a couple of days later we got a, a text message on WhatsApp asking if we were still interested to rent it. Um and we were obviously excited, like we're first time renters so and um, the conversation began, and she just explained to us that um, the whole process and the house that we were looking to rent and stuff like that. Was um, it you and a
5: partner, or you and a friend, or was
15: it was myself and my partner, and okay. then um, another couple as well, so my brother and his girlfriend. Okay, okay, okay. Um. So we they were very nice at the start, and they they were explaining everything to us really well and stuff like that. So, um. We were just completely interested at the start and um, she said that if we agreed to, if we were happy enough with it, that she'd like to go ahead with us. So we were, we were a bit cautious at the start. Obviously, it was a very quick decision that she made and stuff like that, but um, we, we just went ahead with it and started talking to her about it. She asked us to um, send on documents and stuff like that. What
5: did she ask for?
15: Um, our passport pictures, but she said she needed all the four corners really clearly and stuff like that as well. So um, we did send her those copies of those um, of our passports, and she, she she said they were fine. And she said that they they bore documents um, further along the line and stuff like that as well. So we we just went ahead with it and. So she said we needed to pay the security deposit and the first month's rent
5: upfront.
15: Um, up upfront. How much yeah. money
5: was involved there?
15: So in total, we sent um, two thousand five hundred and thirty-two. Wow.
5: Okay. Okay. Right. You were thinking like happy days. We got a yeah. house.
15: Yeah. Like it's just I know we're like looking back on it. We know now it, it was very very that to do, but.
5: Uh, don't don't website. don't knock yourself about. You know, you 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 are in. You're anxious for a house, and this turns up on, like you said, a reputable website, yeah. and you think, right, I'm going to pursue it from here. So, so you, how did you pay over the money? Did you how did you how did you transfer it?
15: So she actually sent us, um like it, the the thing is, it was on done through the the actual property website. So it looked so legit. It was. Um, done through the property website link itself. Um, okay. And had all that on the the form and everything. So. Right. Um, Did you do bank transfer
5: was, or PayPal or what?
15: It was bank transfer. On um, that, yeah. Okay.
5: So. Then it comes to move. You were supposed to move on Sunday, were you?
15: So yeah, we were meant to move in on the Sunday, um, and she said that the payment went to a different. Um, Bank. It went to a different IBAN, um, and
5: when the, when had you made the payment?
15: We made the payment on the 9th of uh, June, and
5: Friday. That, it, the that that would have been Wednesday. So it should quite it should easily have gone through by
2: Sunday. Yeah.
15: Yeah. Um. So she said it didn't. Um. It went to the wrong bank. I oh, know. Tra- sorry. She said that it went. Um. It didn't go through because the banks were closing, and it was. It was it, it, there was a delay or something like that, so we were confused. we said, "No, that, that shouldn't happen. Um, it should Did have Did the money go out
2: of
5: your account?
15: Yeah, it went out of our account. Um, I said that should have been there a long time ago, and she said, "I'm going to contact. Um, I'm going to contact the property website and see why it didn't go through." Um, but she said that it'll be fine. I said we were due to have the um Saturday, so I said what's happening and she says um, we'll have to wait for that money to go through for you to be able to move in okay Um,
5: so what happened next
15: so when the Saturday came we we obviously didn't move in she um, she said it'll be Monday now because uh, the banks are closed and um, I said are we definitely getting the keys on Monday and she said yeah you'll definitely get them on Monday Um, so Monday came she texts again and says the money hasn't gone through. You've put it into a different bank, um, so we 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 can't go ahead with it and again. And I said like, what? I said how has it gone into a different bank? I had all the evidence that it went into the right bank that sh- that we mm-hmm. were after sending it to. She said no, that's. Um, she just she just, she kept saying no. You've you
5: done what everyone does. You checked the IBANs because they're a long number. You checked it. You double-checked it. You sent it to the right place, yeah?
15: Yeah, so we, we sent it everywhere. We double-checked it, um, mm. everything like that. And she was just, no, she wasn't having any of it. Like, she said, no, that's the wrong one. Mm. And I said, look, we're going to have to um, look into this a bit further. and
5: was it that at that stage Liana, you started to get a bit of a smell off of this
15: yeah so we were a bit cautious then around that stage um, and I did mention to them I said look we're going to have to contact um, the guards and and talk about this with them because I said um, I know like we're, I said we're first in winters we're very cautious as it is we like we don't have like, any idea of if this is normal and stuff like this so we, um, I said that to him, and they kind of lost thought of it. Then, like that, uh, I was mentioning bringing in the guards and having a conversation with them. Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, you so mentioned it to the person you were in communication with that you were going to be checking with the kids. What did you eventually find out about the house? I mean, did the house exist?
15: The house does exist. Um, we, so what I did was, she did send us a passport picture of herself, and it actually ended up. Not even being that person that we were talking to, so she had taken someone else's passport and claimed to be herself. Claimed to be that person, and mm-hmm. um, so I got in contact with the person in the passport picture on Facebook, and they just said, "No, that's not me." And um, my their passport was was taken or whatever, and he said, "That's not me. That's not me. That's talking to you." Um, so then, straight away, we knew it was that was wrong. And yeah.
5: did you go to see the house?
15: We did see the house, um, but when we went down on the day, there was nobody there to meet us. And um, she just said again, "Oh, there's um, a delay and stuff like that, so we won't be able to get there today." And um, there was an agent or something they couldn't make it. And mm. um, so we were, we just said, "Fine, no problem." We came back um, and and. What happened then was when I did contact the girl on Facebook and she said, no, that's not myself, Um, my brother... So the
5: person you were communicating with, just to keep up, the person you were communicating with had sent you a photograph of themselves, as they said to you, but you were able to, because you're probably good, you're handy at this kind of thing, you back-checked that with Facebook to find that it wasn't actually the person.
15: Yeah, so I did... this look and I talked to the girls, she said that's not me. Um so then we said we'd contact the guards, so we did contact the guards on the property website and they all were working with us. Um so at the at the same time my brother and his girlfriend and um, they went to the property and I said go to the property and knock on the door just see if what if there's an answer, if there's someone in the house or if they can tell us anything. So they actually went to the house um, and there were a couple living in there the last six weeks who just moved in themselves. Oh. Um, and they said that we were the second couple that were after coming to say that. Oh, boy. But the same property.
2: Um,
5: so and did they, or did you ask them, did they rent from the individual you were talking to or was it had this individual anything at all to do with the house?
15: Yeah, no, they had nothing at all to do with them. They said that their, the people they were renting off were completely different people um, altogether. So there they was they, they were really nice like, and they did help us out a lot and, and got onto the property website. So. so
5: no connection whatsoever with the person you were dealing with who was purporting to be renting this house. What did the, 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 the website say, the property website? What did they say?
15: So um, they've just at the moment they said that they aren't they have a flagged the um, account and that they aren't going to be if it court tries to go up again and stuff like that that they're going to take it down.
2: Mm. Um,
15: but we were just shocked because uh, we did think that if they were putting it up on such a popular website that they'd they'd have to do checks and stuff like that. On I know. Facebook.
5: And just Leanna. The, the 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 couple that were there and happy with it and had rented it had they rented it through this website as well?
15: Yeah, they had. Um, okay. They did use the same website, um, and everything was fine. Okay. And so they were just—it was just completely—they just cloned the house. Ah, yeah. and oh,
2: crikey!
5: How do you? How did you feel at this stage?
15: Um, so I. Upset, like the, we were so excited. We had all our stuff; are still packed. We're in the middle of unpacking them, and um, it was—it was just I—I I didn't even think this was a thing, like fake passports, all this kind of stuff. And
5: um, not to mention the fact that you're down two and a half grand.
15: Yeah, um I know it was—it was upsetting. Like, it's, well, we're working with the banks and the guards. Your members. bank
5: should be able to help you with that because. Of IBAN and SEPA rules and all that, your bank should be able to help you with that. But at the same time, you know,
2: you you're, you're stone.
15: Yeah, yeah, and it was it was and um, it was very um, hard leaving. You know, we we told everyone, our family, our friends, everything that we were moving um, out and yeah, and stuff like that. And they said they were all excited for us. So. Mm-hmm. You do feel a bit stupid afterwards, then kind of getting caught. Well, you know,
5: I, I, I think Leanna, that you, don't beat yourself up. You know, you, yeah. you you've you've been you've been hoodwinked here by by someone who clearly has done this more than once, and and don't beat yourself up about it. I know you feel like you feel like an awful idiot, but yeah. but don't don't beat yourself up about it. I take it that the guards are now looking at everything. For for example, the, the number that you are WhatsApping. You were able to see that number, I presume?
15: Yeah. So So you've
5: given that to the guards, I take it, have
15: you? I have, yeah, and at the moment the guards have taught me to keep um, messaging them, to keep their contacts going and stuff like that, because they are trying to um, ping the number and stuff like that to try and locate where they are and all that. Okay.
5: And where are you, have you got a place to live now?
15: Yeah, so yeah, we're me and my wife we're staying with his um father at the moment, so we're we're fine, we've loads of family. They've all Good. rallied around now and tried to support us and stuff like that. Um okay. for the time being, thank God. But um yeah, it's it's okay. that's us off renting now again and going. I know. Will yeah. you
5: will you do us favour? will you stay in touch with me, stay in touch with, with Terry and Fergal and and uh, see where this goes. I'm more more I'm interested in two things. I'm interested in getting your money back, which I hope you will. And I'm also interested in finding out what investigation happens to, to tracking this this person down. But at least you've got yeah. somewhere to go. You
15: know? Yeah. Yeah, that's the main thing I suppose and we'll hopefully we will get the money back and we'll dig the guards will be able to catch whoever it is so they wouldn't be able to do it to someone again because
5: No, it's a particularly it's, nasty thing to do to people.
15: It is, yeah, and even we were speaking yesterday myself and my partner saying like whatever about us, but there could be you no know, older people out there who'd, who'd have a, be getting caught for a lot more money and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we just wanted to like raise awareness and make sure, because it did all look really, the jetties and the guard we were speaking to said that they had everything down to a T, so it, it was scary how well it was done.
5: Well, look, keep in touch with the guards, do exactly as they say, keep in touch with your bank. And keep in touch yep. with us, and let us know where this goes, and we'll catch up again.
15: Yeah, perfect. I right. will,
5: Leanna. Thank you, and uh, don't don't beat yourself up. Okay.
15: Yeah. Great. Thanks a million.
5: Take care. Take care. That's Leanna. Eighteen fifty-seven one five nine nine six. That's a scummy thing to do. So, the house had been quite legitimately rented. Someone harvested the information, and it started trying to take money, trying to extract money from Liana and her partner and brother and girlfriend, managed to extract two and a half grand and then they find that actually the house is quite happily rented thank you very much, but that, and did you notice she said that they were the second group of people to come knocking on the door so hopefully the guards will be able to sort that out, I I don't know, so I won't say for certain I think the bank will sort her out for her money Uh, you would certainly hope so and you'd hope that the guards can track down what's happening here 185715996 some breaking news Uh, and Paul Bourne of Virgin Media has just tweeted in the last 15 minutes that remains found in a car submerged in water in Crosshaven last month have been identified as those of Barry Collin who went missing from Crosshaven in 2004 a file will now be sent to the office of the coroner that's a significant development in a local story I think most people figured that it was going to be the news that would emerge but Paul has confirmed it there in the last while the remains found in the car submerged in the water in Crosshaven found by a a group of rescue volunteers on a training exercise they found it And they have identified the... The remains have been identified as those of Barry Collum. 1857-15996.
7: Can we just talk? The
1: Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM.
3: With dairy made premium spread, 100% natural and made in Cork using West Cork Cream. The
1: Cork Diary on
3: Cork's 96FM. Boher Bui National School is holding a fundraising raffle offering you the chance to win a dream house in Killarney. Tickets can be bought online at winyourdreamhouseinkillarney.com or by emailing the school at office at boherbui ns.ie. If you have an Event you would like mentions, email Cork Diary at 96fm.ie. The Cork Diary. With the new Explore Cork app, a Cork County Council initiative. The perfect way to plan your staycation in Cork. On
1: Cork 96 FM.
5: Remember that thing I told you earlier on that I couldn't tell you any more about? About outdoor outdoor drinking and dining? Yeah, I'm still looking into that. We're still looking into that, doing a bit of legwork. It might come to nothing. It might come to nothing but it's certainly worth waiting for the answer. We're working on it at the moment. I mentioned yesterday uh, Murder at the Cottage, the documentary that drops on Sky Crime this weekend. It's the Jim Sheridan documentary on Sophie Toscan du Plantier. It's been four or five years in the making and in the putting together. Uh, most of it done uh, during 2019 and 2020, but it's it's dropping this weekend and i can tell you now i've had uh, the opportunity to see two episodes um thanks to our our friends at the production company i've had a, an opportunity to see two episodes it is magnificent it is just off the scale good uh, i can't wait to see the rest of it but it drops on sky crime on sunday It's called Murder at the Cottage. Off the scale. Particularly if you've even the slightest interest in the Sophie story. We were chatting yesterday morning uh, to Sive about litter and uh, illegal dumping. And she mentioned to me, I don't know if it's still there, I assume it is, that someone had dumped a couch. A couch, like a full couch up on the side of the road two-seater couch up near Ballinhasig. Uh, it's gone to the skip now. That's great. The council have taken it and it's gone to the skip and all that. But while we were talking about that, uh, the phone was ringing with another story about a couch uh, from the Carmichael Bar in Bandon. Evelyn, good morning to you. You're on the opinion line.
16: Good morning, PJ. How are you?
5: Good. Almost as we were talking about one co- couch, you were picking up the phone about another one. What's this about?
16: Uh, PJ, myself and my husband uh, were looking to downsize our three-seater couch to a two-seater. So we decided to call Celisian House because we had done a fundraiser before him for them and they were very good um, because it's for mental awareness and things like that. So we yes. decided we'd, we'd support them by buying the couch. Um, we looked for a, at a couch in Clannock store. We saw one we liked but we said, this is Skibreen is a bigger store and they probably have more of a variety. So we took a spin to Skibreen and as we were looking at the couches, there was a sum of money on the armrest of one of the leather couches there. So um, I got a bit of a shock. My husband picked it up and handed it to me. So hold, on, was, hold on,
5: hold on, hold it, on. It was, this was in the, in the shop?
16: In the shop, in, the, in their warehouse. They have, they, have th- they have three sections to the shop. Right. And the couches were in the second section where all the two and three-seater couches were there. Right. This was up on the level in the shop, on the on the armrest. Okay.
5: So, oh, so when you say on the armrest now, inside in it or just sitting on top of it?
16: Just sitting on top of it. Okay. So um, my husband said, look, and he picked it up and handed it to me. So I said I'd take it in to the office. So I took it into a uh, Mick Kearns in the office. And we counted it... Um, he put it into an envelope, he held, gave it to me to hold on for safekeeping, which I've lodged down to the bank until we find its owner. And I, Mick put it up on their page, on Lissian House's page, to find who lost it. So, so, so
5: like, we don't necessarily <clears throat> don't know that it was either with the coach, but it's just maybe left in the warehouse. It could have been, you don't know how, like... I thought initially I got the impression that you'd found it sort of down the side cushion or something.
16: No, no, it was up on the on the armrest. So I'm just thinking, myself now and my husband were just chatting about it. We said, it, I reckon it could be an old person, an old man that might have money and lost it out of his pocket because I said if it was a woman, she'd have a handbag and a purse like all us women have our handbags
5: and mm. everything is thrown into it. Oh, so this you think, Evelyn, is someone who went to the Lachine House warehouse and was looking around for maybe to buy a couch had there a few bob with them maybe in an envelope or something
16: um, and well, just left what, it there it wasn't in an envelope it, it was, there was elastic band around it Okay. so it would be like a, like that would have been done years ago yeah. if it went to a bank or a post office but the office. old
5: people would call a ball of money
16: correct correct Yeah. so <gasps> we're just looking to find the owner of it now you know
5: Okay, okay. And obviously you brought it to the attention of, of Lachine and that. Oh yes, yes. You, so you Lachine put, the... put
16: it up on Facebook first and yes. uh, they had a few people that have asked about it, but I suppose, should I say, it's not the money that we found. It does It you know, it's ongoing. We have to find out sure. what it's left, you know.
5: Let's get one or two more details out there then uh, for people. So what day was this or date, Evelyn? It was
16: a Friday. It should be two weeks on Friday. Two Probably weeks no. on
5: Friday. Yes. And it would have been a considerable sum of money. Shall we it say four a, figure? Would,
16: uh would be yeah, it would be a four figure,
5: yeah. A four figure sum of money. Yes. And it was rolled up, uh, tied together with elastics. We're not gonna say how much. No. No. And no. uh, but you've put it safely into a
2: bank.
16: Yes, I put it into our own bank and I thought uh make that because 'cause we're putting everything to Mick 'cause of because it was found in the Lishing house. So we said it's everything, the correspondence goes through him. Right. And, and when the owner is has been sourced, we will remove the money from the bank and gladly hand it back over to the rightful owner, you know?
5: Right, right. And this was the Skibberine Warehouse of, of Lachine House. That's, That's the right, most yeah. amazing thing to find. And just there, wow, okay.
16: It was amazing because yeah. I said like that, we've been out of work for the last, Fifteen months because we have a bar in Bandon yes. and we've been out of work for the last fifteen months. So it was a nice find. If somebody else had found it, I don't know whether they'd be as honest. Or yeah. not well, your honesty
5: is your honesty is very heartwarming. It really is. Well, well done. I suppose like because if, if it had been sitting there in a warehouse, just sitting there advertising itself, sure anybody could have taken it and pocketed it and walked away with it.
16: Correct. Yeah. That's
5: right. And the way it was tied up, those little, as, they, as the old people used to call them, a ball of money, you know, you'd stick it in the pocket. So well done. You're, you're a very honest person. And the money, if anyone, it was Friday, two weeks ago, Friday, Skibberine Warehouse, where they have couches and stuff, Lishing House, so couches and sofas and stuff, anyone who left, money rolled up, it's safe. Okay. Okay, they're probably going around wondering what happened to their cash. Uh, you say you have the pub, the, the, the Kilmichael Bar, are you opening yet or what?
16: The 5th of July we're hoping to open, PJ, because we wouldn't have a bigger space to do outside dining or anything like that. So we're hoping that we'll go ahead on the 5th of July that we'll be open for indoor and outdoor dining, you know.
5: Well, do you know what? what I hope? I hope that because of the wonderful honesty and kindness that you've shown, that you are absolutely booked solid once you open your doors.
16: Thank you, Pete. And I hope that sometime, if you're around, you call into us for maybe a breakfast or. I might well do well like
5: that. that. I might well do that. Listen, Evelyn, lovely talking to you. And thank you very much. So there we go through that again. I thought uh, that's Evelyn from the Kilmice Bar. I thought when I read the notes initially that, and it's how, how, how it was originally described, was that it was tucked down the side of the couch or maybe stuck between two cushions, as could happen, and they only discovered it when they got it home. But there it was in the warehouse, the Lachine House warehouse in Skibbereen. So there it was, on the arm of the couch, a rolled-up ball of money, considerable sum of money, which they have taken and placed safely in a bank account. And if anybody wants to contact them or contact us, we'll put them in touch. If that's your money or you know anybody who lost a sum of money, it sounds like someone had been saving hard to buy a piece of furniture and then lost their money. Or maybe they were saving it for something else, but they've they've lost quite an amount of money in the skibberine warehouse of Lishine House. It's safe. It's been found by a very honest person.
7: Can we just talk?
5: The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
7: Call
3: us now,
5: 1850-715-996. On Courts 96 FM. Just on that appearance of Tony Hullihan before the Oireachtas Committee uh, later on, uh, half 12, we'll be following it uh, tomorrow on the programme to see what he has to say with regard to antigen testing. Uh, Gavin Riley of Virgin Media has been tweeting that he wasn't coming alone to the committee. He's bringing Professor Philip Nolan and Dr. Killian De Gascoon with him. And they kick off at half past 12. That should be an interesting hearing and I'm sure we'll have more to talk about about it tomorrow on the Opinion Line of Corks 96 FM. 1850 715996. I'm off to Wales for a lovely lovely story.
17: Darren, okay. good morning. How are and you? And then, then but there, the boys will come back with some other wits.
5: Darren, hello. Darren, hello. Hi, Darren. How are you?
17: Okay, mate. Okay.
5: Great. This is Pete. This is PJ here. You're obviously you're obviously busy. Tell me about this slitter, this hurling ball that you found.
17: Um. Well, uh, me and my uh, friend Lucas Phillips, we were fishing down Kevin Seaton, which is uh, not far from Swansea, by between Puddy Port and Kidwelly. Right. in the night for Bath, and uh, the ball got washed up. Right. And uh, so Luke put it in his pocket, and this was months ago, this was, and uh, one day we was in work, we worked together as well, and I said, what happened with that ball?
2: Right.
18: And he
17: said, oh, he said, I got it in the house, he said. and I said, it's a cricket ball, isn't it? and he said, no, he said, it's not a cricket ball, it's a hurling ball. And I said, all yeah. oh, right. And then when I, that night then, I was in the house, he sent me photos of it, then I seen... But it was uh, there was a name on it,
5: right? He but, took it well, home. I, he took it home for his dogs.
17: Yeah, uh, he took it home for his dogs. Yeah, that's right. right. And, and uh, there
5: wouldn't be a lot of hurling played in in Wales, so did, did he, you? No, know, you didn't know initially what it was. You just thought it was a. You, you thought it was a cricket ball, yeah?
17: Like a cricket ball or a softball, you know, like the ones the kids use in school, yeah. kind of thing, you know. Yeah. And uh, so he had it. He sent me the photos. I seen there was a name on it. So I thought, oh, I, you know, I'm a big Man United fan, so I follow a lot of Irish Reds on Twitter. I... So uh, I thought, oh, I chuck it on in as, as you know, you never know. And well, then it just snowballed; it just went absolutely berserk. Right. The amount of replies I was having, and on fair play, to the Irish people for for going through it to find him. You know, I was having um, Twitter accounts of all the uh, hurling teams in Ireland. I think. I think I know every team in Ireland. <laughs> yeah. And
5: you traced it eventually to, to Cork, to Douglas, which has a fine, solid, strong GAA club, a hurling club. Yeah. Um, and stay there, Darren, because Michael Fogarty is on the line, and it's your son's ball, Michael. Tell me more. Good morning.
19: Hi, PJ. How are you? Good, good morning.
5: Good. Tell me about the ball.
19: Yeah, basically during lockdown, because we couldn't go to the beaches or anything like that or the GA clubs so the only place we could really go was down by Parky Creeves down by the marina of Black Rock for a couple of pucks yeah. so basically we went down there during the summer and we down the bag of balls with us and as suppose you we know, had lumped a couple of them into the water down there right. and i say that's how it ended up down there now, the only other suggestion was that we were down in Kinsale just before lockdown but right. My lord told me last night, he said, no, Dad, I I wasn't on the beach in Kinsale with that one. I think I locked that down at the river. Right. At So, that's where he and locked when, him in. When was this, Michael? Um, I'd say it was probably, i say, when lockdown kicked in with the COVID last year. So,
5: last spring, maybe,
19: yeah. Yeah, yeah, i last when
5: was spring. it you found it, Darren?
17: Uh, it was about... I'd say five weeks ago, a month, five weeks ago, because okay. I'd I, I done so much fishing and I can't really remember what day it was actually on. Okay. Okay. So you know I mean? Right. So
5: between between last summer and and five weeks ago, it had washed up in in a beautiful part of Wales. Um, yeah. So, Michael, it is it is his ball. Remember the Douglas? Yeah. Douglas Club. A huge surprise, I suppose, to get it.
19: Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. But so look, we didn't take much. so. we just, I know, just thought, look, it'll end up somewhere anyway. Yeah. Hopefully, some, some other child will find it I'm play with it. But we didn't expect it to. End up over in Wales, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, you <know>. so, <laughs> my whole August trying to find out now, and uh, Google Maps where is Wales and how far <laughs> it's travelled.
5: Ah, It's gone a good you know. tis gone a good distance. Tis gone. There was a ta- you, in order to get there, you'd need you'd need a ferry. Put it that way, D- yeah, Darren. You also there's an interesting car connection here, not just because of the ball, but your name. Uh, per- have I got it right? Actison.
17: Actison, A C T E S O N. Now you've traced that. Yeah, my father and my son uh, traced it, and I think it... Yeah, it's Cudwallader could Acterson lived in Cork in the 1700s, I believe.
5: Right. Right. Crikey. Because I have a, I have a friend whose name is Axon, and I was thinking, hang on, maybe yeah, there's that's a...
17: A, that's a... Yeah, that's another one as well, yeah. That's, I, I remember there's, there's a couple, I think, that are slightly different to each other. Yeah.
5: Right. Acterson... So, how are you going to get the ball back to the young
17: Well, I'm uh, in August. I am got a, t- a definite date yet, but I'm uh, I to go over there because we do a steel frame system for a company called Caladan, and uh, we go over there, and make a panel, and then they fire test it in uh, a, a Victor, uh fire suit in Belfast. Right. And they burn the panel and the seat for it to give its fire rating. So I'll be over there sometime in August. So I'll just jump in a van one night after, or when I finish work and uh, I'll take a nice drive okay. through your nice country. And All so right. And come and find Michael somewhere.
5: Okay. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, I just need to, one second, I'll just need to lock these in again because we have another call to take. So Michael and Darren, hold on yeah. there. Joe Brian. Thank you. Hello, Joe. You make slitters, yeah?
18: Well, I don't actually make them, but I I supply a lot of the country with uh, with all slitters.
5: Right. Okay. So
18: um, I was just listening to to uh, the program there with with great interest. You know, just to and just to see that one of my slitters made it eventually across the the Irish uh, Sea. It's an intriguing story, and I must say I've got I've got some great. Uh, traction from the story. Oh, so it's one of yours. Um, it's one of mine. I like. I would have supplied. I'm not too sure where where Mr. Fogarty bought the the actual flitter, but I supply clubs and I supply uh, supermarkets uh, all around Munster main, mainly. So it would have been my brand that the 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 O'Brien brand is my brand. So um, you know, I, I just got a, a really good kick out of it. Very so, good. Um, Very good. I got so much so much traction out of it, uh, I'd I'd actually like to offer young Michael uh free O'Brien slitters uh, for the rest of the year. If that's oh, okay Is that there. Uh-huh, oh, that's
5: brilliant. Ah, uh, that's lovely. That's ah, really, really nice. nice. That's really we'll connect everybody uh, off yes, the air. You
18: did, yeah, because uh, I was actually trying to uh get in contact with the Douglas club earlier but I couldn't uh, I couldn't get through so uh, I just had your program on, and I heard it so well,
5: then. fantastic. Um, we, we'll make all we'll make all those things happen. That's lovely, uh, lovely, g- yeah. brilliant, Joe. That's very kind of you. Know very, very kind of you. And Michael, he yeah. will have his letter back hopefully in August. And and Darren, oh, oh, maybe yeah. we, maybe we'll talk again when you find your way. to... By the way, you were saying you're going to drive down.
17: Yeah, well, we, it's a got, good
5: we've... it's a good four or five hours now. <laughs> ah, sorry, right, man. <laughs> it's a bit like it's well, a bit like something that happened to me one time. I was going to a match in Cardiff, and we were staying in Newport. And I was supposed to get the the ferry uh, across to to um, Swansea. Correct, that's right. And they got yeah. diverted, and I ended up driving down from Hollyhead.
7: <laughs>
5: it's a bit of a yeah. spin because I cut the wrong yeah. turning, missed the motorway, ended up going through the valleys.
17: So. Yeah, because we cause we leave um, from Pembroke, land in Rossleigh. And then we drive from Rossley to Belfast. Oh, so God, drive, that's a spin. Driving doesn't bother me. And, and the thing with the ball now, it's come, come so far. I think the boy has got, has got to get his ball back. Now oh,
5: fantastic. We'll have Brilliant. to we'll, then we'll follow that one up with interest. Darren in Wales, Michael in Douglas, and Joe O'Brien of O'Brien Slitters. That's a lovely way to finish that story. Thanks, lads. That's it. The programme edited by Terry Brennan, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. See you tomorrow, just after nine.